This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Now, I understand that most of you probably have some questions in your mind. Even as Pastor mentioned, when we say Bible Institute, storytelling is probably not the first thing that comes to mind. Um, And so you probably got some questions about the purpose of this class, what we're trying to accomplish, and what in the world storytelling has to do with the Bible and being a good Christian. And I'm going to be 100% honest with you tonight. uh, This is going to be unlike anything else I've ever taught before. And so it'll be a learning experience for me. While it's a learning experience, I hope for you as well. Um, But tonight I really just want to lay out for you the plan for what we're going to do in here and explain to you Uh, really kind of the justification for uh, the material that we're going to be studying. And um, I'm going to uh, give you kind of the purpose for the class. I'll tell you kind of the story of what brought me to this topic and then give you uh, hopefully a good understanding of the biblical and practical justification for the idea of spending 12 weeks studying storytelling in a Bible Institute. And so uh, I want to, uh, I want to really take our time tonight doing that and setting the stage for what we'll do for the other 11 weeks. Let's go ahead and pray together and then we'll dive into the material. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to learn together. I pray for your blessing on this time. Pray that you would make it profitable. You'd help us all to be pointed to Christ. Uh, May everything that's done in this class be to your glory and uh, may we be better servants of you because of what we're able to learn help us to encourage each other strengthen us all to be faithful to you in Jesus name we pray amen Uh, in a few minutes I want to um, take a look at the syllabus that I've given you Um, I gave you a little note uh, a little notebook there that has the syllabus some information about the class But before we do that, um, tonight our our lesson is called, What's the Story? Why Storytelling Matters. And I want to start out by asking a very simple question, but one that's very vital for us all to be on the same page about as we get into this. And that is the question, what is a story? Now, that seems like a really simple question to ask, and it seems like we would all understand what a story is. And of course, on some level we do, but you would get, if you ask different people that question, you'd get some different answers to it. So some people, if you ask them what's a story, they're immediately going to think of fictional stories. They're going to think of fables or fairy tales, stories in that sense that a lot of times that we would tell to children to teach some kind of a moral. You say story, that's what they think of. Other people, if you say story, they think of personal stories. You know, the things that you can tell about that happen in your own life. Uh, Other people might think of historical stories, stories of things that happened in the past, you know, uh, great historical feats or things that people did. And for the purpose of this class, we're going to consider all of those subtopics, I guess you could say, all of those areas as being stories. But I do want to make an important distinction. So I'm not going to focus in and say that personal stories are the true stories or, or fairy tales, those are the true stories. That's what we really want to focus in on. I think that there's a value in all of those different areas. But there is a difference between an anecdote and a story. 
in many ways, they're the same thing. And a lot of times, we would think of them as being synonymous. Um, both a story and an anecdote can be an accurate retelling of something that happened. Um, they can both give information. But stories are richer in a very important way because they communicate meaning. And I think that maybe the best way to explain that is to give you a simple, perhaps a little bit silly example. All right, so here's an example of an anecdote. All right, we have more handouts. If, and if you're lacking the handouts, if you could just raise your hand. My lovely assistant will help you. <laughs> All right, wonderful. And I will have more notebooks for next week. If you didn't get one of the notebooks, um, I just give those to you for the purpose of keeping this all together. So, okay, so we're talking about the difference between an anecdote and a story. So an anecdote, here's an example of an anecdote. Um, and this is not true, but this morning I ate an apple for breakfast. All right, that's an anecdote. I'm telling you something about what happened. All right, it's fairly meaning, me, meaningless bit of information. Um, but, you know, it's, it's something about me, something that happened. That's an anecdote. We share anecdotes with each other all the time. Something happened, and I'm just telling you about what happened. But there's a difference between that and a story. So you can take that anecdote, I ate an apple for breakfast, and turn it into a story. Um, not a good story, but th this would be turning that into a story, okay? Instead of just saying, I ate an apple for breakfast, saying, all last week I had donuts for breakfast every day. But this morning, I ate an apple for breakfast. Suddenly you've taken that anecdote and you've turned it into a story. Why is that? Well, the anecdote just shared facts, shared information. The story communicated meaning. Because as soon as you say about, oh, yeah, this is what I did all last week, but then today this is what I did. Suddenly you're telling something about yourself, about how you view yourself, about the, the steps that you're trying to take for your own health. And there's meaning behind that. It's more than just the retelling of facts. Like I said, that's a silly example. But that's really at the heart of what the difference between just sharing an anecdote and a story. A story says, here's what happened, and here's the meaning behind what happened. You don't, you're not, don't necessarily take the time to say, here's the moral of the story at the end. But in the story itself, you're sharing something that has a deeper message. It's not just these are the events of life, but behind the events of life, there's meaning. We'll talk about that more tonight and throughout this class. But I do want to make sure that we understand what we're talking about with stories. Um, I do want to ask you now to go ahead and take a look at your, open up your folder, take a look at the syllabus in there. This just kind of gives you an idea of the purpose of the class, the direction we're trying to go. And so I'm just going to read through what's there with um, minimal commentary and uh, then open it up for questions if you've got questions at that point before we move into the rest of the material for tonight. So first of all, you've got a course description. When God wrote a book, he filled it with stories. The Bible overflows with stories that are both captivating and thought-provoking. Stories told by men like Jonah, Paul, Nathan, and Hosea. All these men embrace the power of stories to communicate the truth of God, none more than the greatest storyteller of all time, Jesus Christ. 
These amazing storytellers of the Bible have much to teach us about the power of stories and the part they play in effectively pointing others to Christ. Anyone who's trying to engage others with the word of God can and should use stories to engagingly share the truth of God. Teachers, parents, mentors, and friends can all take advantage of the power of stories to share God's truth with others. This course will teach you the elements of good storytelling and show you practical ways that you can share stories that are spiritually significant. Whether you're a prolific storyteller or consider yourself the worst storyteller of all time, the principles shared in this course can help you become an engaging storyteller who uses stories for the greatest purpose, pointing others to God. So that really gives you the heart behind this course and the direction that I want to take in a nutshell. Uh, then you've got the course purpose. The purpose of this course is to help Christians embrace the validity and importance of storytelling as a tool in evangelism and discipleship. Students will grow in their storytelling understanding and ability. They'll come to understand basic principles of good storytelling and will see ways they can use well-told stories for spiritual purposes in their lives. Then you've got the course objectives, um, learning storytelling, that storytelling is a valid and effective communication tool for Christians, uh, embracing your own identity as storytellers and seeing storytelling opportunities in your lives, and growing in your personal ability as storytellers and beginning to practice Christ-centered storytelling. Then you've got the course requirements. And uh, so I'm going to be giving you homework assignments each week. Uh, you've got one. You may have noticed it already there with your handouts tonight. I'm um, going to ask you to compile all the notes from the 12 lectures in that notebook that I've given you, or if you want to get a fancier one, um, you know, go for the one-inch black notebook. You can go for that. You can do that too. Um, and then also put together, as we talk about how to tell good stories, the elements of that, put together an outline for a Christ-centered story and test it on at least one audience. Um, that might just be your spouse or your friend, okay? And then turn in a 100-word description of the experience and what you learned. 100 words is not a lot, okay? Um, but uh, I, I want to ask you to put this into practice. Now, I'm going to be clear. Um, none of this is actually required to be part of this class, okay? I'm not going to kick you out if you don't do your homework. I'm not going to kick you out if you don't have all the handouts. I'm not going to kick you out if you don't do the story part. Uh, this is all here. You're also not going to get a grade at the end, and you're not going to get a prize if you do all of this, okay? The, the reward for you is that I really believe you'll get more out of the class if you do these things, all right? You always get more out of something if you put work into it outside, all right? And that's one of the reasons that they give homework in classes, all right? It's a lot more fun to be on this side than on that side. But I'm really going to try to make these homework assignments easy, but also profitable and helpful for you. So um, you don't have to do that, but I encourage you to do it if you want the most out of this. And then uh, if you flip, flip over to the other page, there's a course schedule there that gives you what we'll be talking about each of those 12 weeks. And uh, I'm not going to read through each of those, but I want to kind of explain to you how this is structured. So tonight, week one, um, you could call the, the apology, okay? Not in that I'm sorry for something, but I'm explaining to you, here's the justification for what we're doing. Here's the reason for this class, the reason why we're here. Uh, weeks two through five are principles of good storytelling. So how to tell good stories. Um, and I want this to be very practical. We're going to be tying everything back to biblical examples and always keeping that as our, 
as our um, guiding guiding principle there. Um, but I, I do want to be practical with this and, and help you learn what it takes to, to tell good stories. Then verse, the weeks 6 through 10 are going to be practical scenarios for storytelling. So when does this enter into life? In what ways can we specifically be using stories uh, to accomplish what we're talking about and, and make a difference, have an influence? Week 11 is caution. Um, so us being careful with how we look at this topic. And um, then week 12 is about motivation. Get out there and do it. All right. And we'll talk about some practical ways that you can get started in, in incorporating this into your life. So the nature of the material we're going to be covering, um, I think, kind of becomes clear as you look over that schedule. It gives you an idea of what we are going to be talking about each week. And I understand that you may look at that and you say, that's not what I was expecting this to be. And I understand that, all right? Um, this is not a theological course. I'm not going to be explaining elements of Christian doctrine. And in one sense, this is not a biblical course. Now, I don't mean by that that it's unbiblical, but it's not that we're going to be spending our time expositing passages of Scripture. We'll go to Scripture often, but it's mostly going to be to learn from the example of those that are in Scripture, okay? So we're not going to be digging into areas of Christian doctrine or mining the depths of biblical passages in that sense. Um, this is primarily going to be a practical course. And uh, I, I want it to be that way, and I think that it will equip you to be a better, more effective communicator for the Lord. And that is, that's my goal. So I do want to kind of explain to you how... Why, why storytelling? You know, this seems like maybe it's just kind of out of the blue. What, how does this connect? Why is this something that we ought to be placing an emphasis on? And so I want to tell you uh, my story of, of how I came to this. About two years ago, I really started to give some thought and real attention to the question, what makes someone a good communicator? And, and more personally, how can I be a more effective communicator? Um, obviously, because of the nature of my job, I'm called upon often, both publicly and privately, to be an effective communicator, specifically for the purpose of sharing God's truth. And so I asked this question, how can I be effective in doing that? What makes somebody an effective communicator? Part of what led me to that is the ph a phenomenon that I've noticed with myself, and I'm sure that probably many of you can understand as well. Um, think about how how often, how much time you spend listening to Bible messages and lessons. So if you're a consistent church attender on Sundays and Wednesdays, that's going to be four plus times a week. And it's probably going to translate to somewhere between two and three hours of Bible preaching and teaching each week. Now, that's a good thing, okay? Bible preaching and teaching is great. The more Bible, the better, right? Okay? So I'm not, I'm not meaning to say that part of it is a bad thing at all, but let me ask you this. How much of that actually sticks? How much of those two to three hours are still there after you leave church or at the end of the week? And I really started to think about that because 
you know, and I, I know that Pastor and the others who preach here spend hours uh, pouring over God's word, studying, preparing, and, and sharing God's word with us. And I recognize, mostly because I see it in myself, that so often, by the time the day's over, I'm not thinking about it anymore. It, it doesn't stick. It's not still there. And so I ask the question, what is it that makes the difference? You know, sometimes, I, I'm sure that for all of us, we've got something that someone said, someone shared in a message or a lesson, and it's been years ago, but it's stuck. And so I, I, I wondered, what is it that makes something stick and others not? And so I really gave it some thought. I, I started to read some books about effective communication. And I had to stop and say, okay, I realize there's, there's an unmistakable divine aspect to this. Okay, God, by his spirit, can, can drive a truth home to our hearts in a way that we can't understand. There's a mysterious side to that, okay? And sometimes God can use the most mundane thing that somebody says and just drive it home because his spirit is at work. But that said, there's also a human aspect to it. So I ask the question, as one trying to communicate God's word, what is the human aspect? How do I become an effective communicator of God's truth? What can I do to be as effective as I can be while still depending on God's spirit to do his part? And so I thought about this. I started to read some books. Unfortunately, most of the books that I came across about effective communication are secular books. I, I didn't come across. I'm sure they're out there. Um, many good Christian books about effectively communicating. And so I really had to try to eat the meat and spit out the bones. Um, but I was able to take some practical lessons from some of those things that I read. But a lot of it was intuitive because I thought, okay, I've had even more experience listening than I have speaking. And so as a listener, what is it that I remember? What is it that sticks for me? So there were several helpful takeaways for me. Um, a, good, a good speaker focuses on communicating one main point, one big idea. Um, that, that's key. A good speaker is going to be thoroughly prepared. A good speaker is going to make use of interesting and uniquely applicable illustrations. Uh, a good speaker is going to vary their tone and pace, all kinds of things like that. But there was one thing that really stuck out to me from all of this. And it wasn't necessarily what I was expecting. But that was that really effective communicators understand and harness the power of stories. Now, when I started to realize that, honestly, it discouraged me. Because I always kind of viewed the world this way. There's two, there's two kinds of people in the world. There are storytellers and there are non-storytellers. And uh, I very decidedly fell into the non-storytellers category. We all know some of those people who seem to have had the wildest experience in their lives, in, in their, the wildest experiences in their lives, there's always some new thing they can tell you, and you're like, I can't believe that happened to you. But at the same time, they can tell you about the time that they picked up a pebble, and you're hanging on their every word. They can just, they can transform these, these things from their lives, and you're just transfixed. Meanwhile, I was over here, and I could tell you about some near-death experience, and everyone would be yawning, you know? <laughs> And so I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to have to miss out on this one because effective communicators are storytellers, but I'm not a storyteller. 
But I came to realize that storytellers um, or storytelling is not like having blue eyes, where you're either born with it or you're not. It's more like playing the piano. There are some people who have a, a, a knack for music, okay? And they can pick up instruments, they can learn those things really quickly, and it comes to them naturally. There are others that they're very far from naturally picking those things up. And they have to work harder at it. But just like playing the piano, storytelling is a skill. It is something that can be learned. It is a, a muscle that can be worked out. And so I realized with all this, if I'm going to be a better storyteller, I'm going to have to practice. And I chose a very unorthodox way to practice. I started a podcast. Because I, it was something I, I put out there, and so people were expecting me to, to put up new, new um, episodes. And so it kind of pushed me to work on my storytelling ability. Um, I said, I'm not a storyteller, so I'm going to start a storytelling podcast. And um, that was November of 2021. I released the first episode, and um, now we're up to 11 episodes, okay? Not a ton, but it has helped me so much because it's pushed me to practice and to try to craft stories in a way that's interesting. You know, it's funny because the, it, it, it's been probably a couple months ago now, I had somebody tell me, you're such a good storyteller. I was like, that's really funny because I started all of this because I was a horrible storyteller. But it's because I've practiced, it's, I, I've, I've been able to begin to, to build that ability, work out that muscle. And it's hard to be one's own judge, but I really do think that it's helped me to be a more effective communicator. It's helped me more effectively share God's truth. And um, if you haven't listened to the podcast, you should. Um, but... Let's, let's go ahead and um, take a look at how this applies to you, okay? You might be saying, congratulations, I'm so happy for you, you found your thing, that's great, but I'm not a storyteller, and I don't want to be a storyteller. And I frankly don't see what in the world this all has to do with being a good Christian. You well, did on the, your live stream on the video, different hats. Yeah. <laughs> well... Open your Bibles with me to the very beginning. I recognize that the fact that I consider myself a storyteller might have very little bearing on you. But this next fact that I want us to look at undoubtedly has deep meaning to you. And that is the fact that God is a storyteller. So you're in Genesis 1. This is the opening of the Bible. So this is God's word the communication and written form of God to man. God said, I want to give a message to mankind. And this is it. God wrote a book. And how did he start? First verse, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. What are those first three words? It's only one word in the Hebrew, but first three words, in the beginning. Now, is that how you start a theological treatise? You might say, I don't know, I've never read a theological treatise. Um, no, that's how you start a story. And keep reading. You read that page, you read the next page, the next page, you keep going, you keep going, you keep going, and what is it? It's all stories. 
the stories just keep coming and coming. The book of Genesis is a storybook. It talks about Adam and Eve. It talks about Noah. It talks about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It talks about Joseph. It's full of stories. Stories about people and how they interacted with God and the truth of God. Uh, you look at the next book. What about Exodus? It's a story. What about Leviticus? Okay, that's, that's ceremonial law. Okay, Numbers, that's mostly stories. Deuteronomy, that's the law again, but even in Deuteronomy, the whole thing is couched within a story. Moses is sharing this, and he's sharing it within this broader story that he's sharing with the people of Israel. You keep going. Deuteronomy, you've got Joshua, stories. Judges, stories. Ruth, stories. First and Second Samuel, Kings, Chronicles. And we could keep going. The Old Testament is full of stories. When God wrote a book, he filled it with stories. You know, I was curious, so I paged through my Bible. And this is a rough estimate. But conservatively, I would say that a little over half of the Bible is stories. Most of the Old Testament is narrative. Then you've got the Gospels, the Book of Acts, all narrative. Even the epistles, which are arguably the most didactic parts of Scripture, are not free from stories. Paul uses stories in his writing. Uh, he uses personal stories. For example, in Galatians 1, he talks about the beginning of his ministry. Uh, he uses stories from the life of Christ, like 1 Corinthians 11. He talks about the Last Supper. He uses uh, stories from others in Scripture, like he, he mentions a story from Elijah's life in Romans 11. I'd, I'd love to issue a challenge to you, actually. And you might be able to meet this challenge, I'm not sure. But I would challenge you to find a book of the Bible that doesn't have at least some touch of storytelling in it. Uh, even, I, I looked at the four shortest books in the Bible. I thought, they're trying to be concise, quick. And Obadiah in the Old Testament, 2 John, 3 John, Jude in the New Testament, they all have at least some touch of storytelling mixed in there with the message. So, God gave us this book to teach us about himself, to teach us about ourselves, and about how we can have a relationship with him. And as the Bible helps us come to grasp who he is, what he does, what he wants, what he hates, the majority of its most compelling lessons come to us in story form. But not only is God himself, in his grand overarching plan as the author of scripture, a storyteller, but we also find throughout scripture that God's servants are storytellers. And we're going to, uh, we could spend a lot of time here, we're going to be looking at a lot of specific examples as we go on through this class. But I do want to just whet your appetite a little bit here and, and help us think about uh, four specific people in scripture who effectively use stories to communicate God's truth. So first of all, Hosea. Now, you think Old Testament prophet, you probably don't immediately think stories. But, even if you set Jonah aside, which remember, the whole book is a story, all of the other prophets as well, there's so much uh, storytelling that they use there. Uh, talking about the history of Israel, using personal stories. And, uh, of course, Daniel, who they're studying in the auditorium. That's a great example. 
But one that really sticks out to me is the prophet Hosea. In Hosea chapters 1 through 3, we find this heart-wrenching personal story told by this prophet about his unfaithful wife and her illegitimate children. And God uses Hosea to show his people how all of that is a picture of his relationship with them. It's, it, it is, that, it'll grab you, the first three chapters of Hosea. Um, once you really read through and, and grasp that story and what it teaches us about the person of God, uh, it's, it's incredible. But Hosea uses this deeply personal story and uh, as a powerful opening to challenge the people of Israel about their relationship with God. Another Old Testament example is Nathan. Um, he was a, a prophet who God used in King David's life. But in 2 Samuel 12, I, I, this to me is a surprising and, and brilliant example of storytelling being effectively used to share truth. So David has committed adultery with Bathsheba. He's arranged for the death of her husband, Uriah, and he's kept the whole thing quiet by quickly marrying Bathsheba after Uriah's death. And God sends someone to confront the king about his sin. He sends Nathan. What does the prophet Nathan do as he stands before King David to call him out for his sin? He tells a story. And uh, I, I remember the first time that just hit me. I thought, who among us, if we were coming to confront somebody about sin, especially the king, would think about doing that? And yet you read it and you realize that it grabbed David in a way that nothing else could have and brought him face to face with his sin. And God used that story so powerfully to bring David to repentance. A couple of New Testament examples. Uh, Stephen, on Sunday night, Pastor Asher turned our attention to an amazing character in the book of Acts, this deacon Stephen. And he was used powerfully by God, and then he was hauled before the Jewish council with trumped-up charges of sedition. So clearly the likelihood of this hearing going his way is pretty low. But Stephen is given a chance to speak for himself to the Jewish council. And what does he do in Acts chapter 7? He launches into a story. He tells the story of the history of Israel, and he ties it right into the person of Christ. And as Pastor mentioned, we don't know if Paul was there during that time, or Saul at that point. Um, but it, it does seem that God used that message in his life. But it certainly grabbed that Jewish council. It, 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 it went deep into their hearts so much that they just, they, they lost it. Because they were so convicted as they heard that message that Stephen shared. But how did he do it? Well, he told a story. And then finally, Jesus. Of course, Jesus is our greatest example as a communicator. He taught and shared the truth of God as, as no man, no other man ever could. And it's not hard for me to convince you that he was a storyteller. All I have to do is give you uh, a name and you know exactly what I'm talking about. So, the prodigal son, the good Samaritan. Those stories are so iconic that they've entered our vocabulary to where people will use those 
terms even though they don't even know about the original story. Um, that's how powerful and gripping those stories that Jesus Christ used are. So each of these four men and many others clearly and effectively communicated God's word. But, you know, it's interesting to me that in these cases, they didn't do it by sharing a lecture or declaring a list of truths. Uh, they specifically used stories. Some people might think that this idea of storytelling being used to communicate God's truth, it's trying to tack something else on to God's word. And I want to be clear, that is absolutely not my intention with this. Um, we are all called upon to communicate the word of God. And I think that scripture gives us a multitude of examples of what it like, looks like to do that clearly and engagingly. God's servants in scripture effectively communicated his word, but they didn't primarily do it with outlines or even carefully crafted logical arguments. Scripture always stands up to the tests of logic. But the storytellers of the Bible often appealed not first to the mind through lawyer-like arguments, but to the soul with stories. Now, this is something I've wrestled with because a lot of this goes so against the way that we often think. We, all, we always think we've got to be it's all about being being rational and giving the right arguments and backing people into a corner with our, our debate-like tactics. And that's the way to convince people. But and, and we'll talk about this later, but rather than backing somebody into a corner to where they're stuck because of our arguments, stories draw people out and draw them to us to consider the truth. And I think that that is an example of how God works with us. He doesn't back us into a corner with his truth. He draws us to him with his truth. But like I said, we'll, we'll talk about that more in a later lesson. So some of these things are maybe new ideas, uh, or maybe you haven't thought about it quite this way before. But I want to give you a shocking statement that's perhaps more shocking than, than anything else you've heard all night. And that is that you are a storyteller. Now, I know that some of you um, have immediately started to think about the reasons that you're the exception to that rule. And so I want to be absolutely clear. If you are a human being, you are a storyteller. If you're not a human being, please see me after class. <laughs> you might not be a good storyteller, but you are a storyteller. And uh, if you don't believe me, that's good. I was hoping you wasn't. You you wouldn't. Um, so picture this with me, okay? You're you're on vacation, and you have rented a cozy cabin next to a beautiful lake. The weather is impossibly pleasant. There are amazingly no bugs. And so one evening, you uh, it's, as it's beginning to get dark, you take a walk along the side of the lake, and you're enjoying the bugless, low humidity, just cool enough for a light jacket kind of weather. When, out of the corner of your eye, you see something in the sky, and you look out across the other side of the lake, and you can't make out a clear shape, but there are lights, there are three, maybe four lights, and they look kind of like spotlights, and it seems like they're pointing down into the forest on the other side of the lake, but like they're also pointing straight into your eyes at the same time, and so you're trying to make out what this is, you're trying to tell how big it is, you're trying to tell 
if it's moving, what direction it's moving, how fast, and you can't really tell. You can hear uh, kind of a, a, a rumbling sound, but you, you're not sure what's going on. You can't really make it out, and then suddenly it's gone. And you stand there for a minute or two. You look around. You listen. But all you hear is the crickets and the water of the lake. And so it's starting to get dark, and so you head back to the cabin. And you get there. Somebody asks you, how was your walk? And you say, well, it was nice. It was a beautiful night for it. But you'll never believe. And then guess what you'll do? You'll tell a story. It'll all spill out. You'll tell them about the lights and the sound and the sudden disappearance. You'll do your best to retell the facts of what, experience, of what you experienced as accurately as possible. It's just natural. You'll want to retell what happened to you. But not just that. You won't stop there. You won't just give cold, hard facts. Because there will be a question burning in your soul that needs an answer. And you're going to have to offer an answer to this question. And that is, what does it mean? Possible answers will swirl around in your mind. Maybe it was a police helicopter and they're looking for an escaped criminal. Maybe it was a, a millionaire joyriding in an eccentric flying machine. Maybe it was aliens. I don't know what explanation you would offer, but I can t guarantee that you'll go beyond just recounting the facts. Our government. You'll tell a story. Embellish. You won't necessarily embellish. <laughs> you will be tempted to embellish, and hopefully you will resist that temptation. We'll talk about that next week. But, uh, but you will tell a story. You'll tell what happened, and then you'll try to explain the meaning behind it. Because that's what humans do. Remember, a story is a retelling that gives both facts and meaning. And we are almost obsessive about our need to find meaning behind things. So your boss shows up to work wearing a tie, and he never wears a tie. You've got to know why. <laughs> your sister changes her hairstyle, and you're looking for the meaning behind it. Even the, the seemingly uh, little things that happen, someone's in a bad mood. The fast food restaurant's ice cream machine is broken again. A door is unlocked that you thought was locked. Your favorite sports team underperforms. And what are you going to do? You're going to hypothesize about the meaning of seemingly random events. As we experience things without even trying, we begin to fit them into a narrative, the story of our lives. It's an impulse that we hardly even recognize, but whether we share them with anyone else and whether or not they make any sense, we're all constantly crafting stories. They might stay up here, but we're telling stories all the time. Secular scholars try to offer evolutionary reasons for that phenomenon, but I understand that God made us that way. God made us to look for meaning in the events of our lives. He made us to understand that our lives are stories. The history of the world does have a plot line. God is the architect of time and life and eternal meaning. In this, his eternal plan, all those silly little details do fit together. They do matter in the large story of what he's doing and 
what he's doing in our lives. He made us on some simple level to understand that, and so we tell stories. Maybe you are an experienced and accomplished storyteller. Maybe storyteller is the last thing that you'd consider putting on your resume. Maybe you're somewhere in, in between, but all of us are storytellers. My goal with this course is to help us all to be effective storytellers. And not just so that we can be unentertaining and fun to have at parties, but so that we can point others to Christ. God, in his perfect wisdom, decided to make stories a prime method of human communication. They can communicate with us. They can touch us on a deep level. Stories touch us personally and emotionally in a way that the most reasoned arguments never can. They have power, and God designed it that way. So it is good, and it's right, and I would say it's vital that Christians understand and embrace the power of storytelling and communicating the truth. So I want to really quickly, as we draw to a close tonight, consider the power of stories. Uh, we're going to be learning about this point as we go on. We'll be talking much more about the power of stories, specifically uh, what they can accomplish. But I want to talk about three reasons why stories are effective. First of all, they're interesting. Uh, last Wednesday night, as I often do, I was sitting in on one of the Kids for Truth classes. And I enjoy doing that. I enjoy being with the kids. But I also enjoy listening to the, the teachers share God's word. And uh, it makes me grateful for all that they pour into each week, um, faithfully and engagingly sharing God's word in that way. And uh, so I was sitting in on this class, and this particular teacher, I'm not going to give a name because I didn't talk to them about sharing their name, um, they, were, they were giving the lesson, and they were doing a great job. The lesson was engaging, it was biblical, but then the teacher did something simple that suddenly flipped a switch in that room. The teacher was talking about the fact that God is always trustworthy. He always keeps his promises. And then this teacher said, I want to tell you a story about, and they mentioned the name of a family member. And even with all that I've learned about the power of stories, it shocked me in that room. When that teacher said that, all those kids were doing a good job paying attention, but suddenly when they said, I want to tell you a story, everybody was like this. And not just the kids. The adults, too. Everybody perked up. Everybody was paying a little bit closer attention. And honestly, the story was very simple. It wasn't anything earth-shattering. It was just a story about somebody who made uh, a commitment to do something and then they couldn't do it because they were sick. It was very simple. It wasn't anything that we haven't heard before or probably experienced before. But the promise of a story drew everyone in. And that's one of the things that's so powerful about stories. They, they grab our interest. They don't have to be earth-shattering. They don't have to be about something incredible that happened to somebody that hasn't ever happened to anybody else before. They just have a way of interesting us and, and pulling us in that other things don't. Stories are also memorable. How many of you were here for Military Appreciation Day? Okay. All right. So, who can tell me, if you weren't here, you're all obviously off the hook, the name of this speaker for Military Appreciation Day? 
Seth Hamilton. All right. Okay. We've got somebody with a good memory. All right. Most of you didn't remember. That's okay. How many of you can tell me the title or the scripture text for either of his two messages? Either of the two. He preached in the morning and the afternoon. Anybody? All right. Does anyone remember anything from those messages? Nothing. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you what I remember. I remember, um, I had to look it up, by the way, to find the, uh, the, the titles and the, the text for his messages, too. But I do remember something. I remember the story that he told about that one soldier who wouldn't obey orders. You remember that story? He, he showed up late. Uh, he disappeared at one point. Oh, he would yeah. ignore instructions. Yeah. 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 Okay. I, remember I remember that story. Okay. I don't remember a lot from the messages that he shared, but that has stuck in my mind. All right. He's just talking about the consequences of uh, insubordination. All right. And he tied it in to talk about the consequences of sin. But. I, I, there's so much that I've forgotten, but that story has stuck in my mind. Because stories are memorable. They stick in a way that other things don't. Pete Rice revealing a big red. <laughs> um, stories are also thought-provoking. Do you remember this uh, message on Sunday evening? Hopefully you remember back that far. All right. Uh, Pastor Asher talked about Stephen, and towards the end, he told a story. It's a story about a man who became an evangelist and how the guy led him to the Lord. They met in the diner and uh, he yelled at the guy and the guy told him, go read the Bible that I gave you. And he got saved from that. Um, I don't know about you, but to me the most thought-provoking parts of Sunday night's message were that story and just the biblical narrative of Stephen's example of faith. It was those stories that really challenged me and got me thinking. I appreciate all that Pastor shared on Sunday evening, but that's what really grabbed me and got me to think. And stories have a special way of doing that. They're powerful. And God knows that. So, so did, and so did his faithful servants throughout Scripture. By God's grace, I've learned that, and I trust that you will too. I'm going to skip over. I was going to talk about a verse here, but I need to, we need to move on here. I don't mean to suggest that this is some new wisdom or some previously undiscovered uh, key to good communication. If anything, this is the oldest communication technique. Um, but it's just one part of being a faithful servant of God and an effective messenger for God. And I trust this class will help you to grow in that one area. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.